0: I am afraid of the dark. I am 53 years old. I live right next door to where I grew up, right next door to my parents, and I sleep with a nightlight
1: and I talk to dead people. Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Britt Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things, but how do you learn about everything? The answer, make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. I'm so excited about today's show because my whole life I was a skeptic about anything related to being a psychic or a medium. I didn't even really know what those words meant. I have grown up very religious my entire life and I've learned that those are potentially evil things and I had this crazy moment two years ago where I went to a psychic medium purely out of curiosity. A bunch of my employees in San Francisco had been talking about their experiences with this guy named Felix. And he has like hundreds of five-star reviews on Yelp. He has a year long wait list. And I genuinely just wanted to figure out what this dude was all about. So I go to Felix and he starts telling me things that truly no one could have ever known. And not only things from the past, but also about the future. He told me things about illnesses that were going to happen within my family and fires that were going to start and long lost family members that I didn't know about. And I was mind blown. And so I'm definitely much more of a believer, but I do still have a lot of questions. That's why I'm so excited to welcome Teresa Caputo to the show today. Teresa is the star of TLC's Long Island Medium, a New York Times bestselling author and host of the podcast, Hey Spirit. She's a medium who says she's been sensing spirits since she was four years old. While this episode won't teach you about how to become psychic, Teresa's here to teach us all something new about how to tap into our own intuition and be more trusting of our gut instincts. With that, welcome, Teresa. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. Look how pretty you are. Oh, look how pretty you are. Oh, please. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So to get everyone started and on the same page, what does it actually mean to be a psychic medium?
0: Well, can I first say something I want to say? That was amazing what you just said, because that is my wish of why I do what I do. I want people to believe in themselves. I want them to know that they still have that connection with their departed loved ones. That is a soul bond that can never be broken. Mm. So I always, I I refer to our intuition as our little Jiminy Cricket, you know, when you kind of get those feelings or those things, you're like, I don't know why I'm thinking that. And you just do it. And there's that inner voice inside of you. And I always say to everyone, whenever you, you ever take notice to when you go against that intuition, things always seem to go wrong. (laughs) So um, it's, and, and everyone's intuition is different. Some people get intuitive things through dreams. Some people just get it through conversations with other people. Some people just get a pit in their stomach. For me, it's just a sensing, a feeling, and a knowing. I mm. don't receive messages or intuition or things through dreams. I don't connect with spirit in that way. So everyone is different. And, and there is no right
1: or wrong way of how your intuition works. And can you grow that intuition? Like we all, you're saying we all have a mm-hmm. version of this, but you figured this out when you were four. <laughs> so well, I didn't, I didn't find my intuition when I, I don't think, I don't know, maybe, maybe I well
0: did. Well, you see, that's the thing. Like, so for me growing up, um, I always felt that I was different than ever. It was just something deep in my soul. I think there's a difference in um, just being intuitive and sensing, feeling, and hearing things that aren't in a room but yourself. So that's the way I grew up. I always sensed and felt things that other people weren't. And my mom never made a big deal about these things. She always just kind of embraced it. And we always just kind of talked about it. And it wasn't until later in my twenties and early thirties that I discovered not only was I connecting with everyone, with my own loved ones, but I had the ability to connect with everyone else's loved ones.
1: Wow. And what was that first experience like for you when you were four?
0: Well, when I was four, I didn't know that I i just thought everyone saw what I was feeling. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was seeing my great-grandmother who had passed away a couple of years before I was born. And it wasn't, again, until later in my 20s, like I feel like everything happened in my 20s. <laughs> I mean, I got married, I had children, but I saw a picture in my in my grandmother's house and Something struck me with this picture and I was like, grandma, I was like, who is this woman? And she's like, that's my mom. She's like, that, that's your great grandmother. And I was like, oh my God, that, and it clicked at that moment. That was the woman that was standing at the end of my bed at night that would make me feel safe, that I would sense and feel growing up. And um, so for me, that w- but that is when all, when, when my gift and everything really started to come together.
1: Wow. So a lot of people would think maybe that's creepy that there's Mm -hmm. um, a ghost or somebody standing at your bed, but you Mm -hmm. felt safe and comforted by that. For me,
0: I felt felt safe with that. I I felt that it was always that peace because I was sensing and feeling other things. I mean, listen, trust me, growing up with me was not easy. I mean, I would wake up in the middle of the night with blood curdling screams. My mom would like Come busting in my bedroom, thinking that something was happening to me. I convinced one night that there was a someone looking in my window with green eyes, and I had my brother and my dad at three o'clock in the morning on the roof with a ladder, and you know, checking the roof.
1: Yeah! Wow, so, green eyes. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I have a four-year-old who is incredibly mm-hmm. creative, very imaginative. You know, I have a six-year-old as well uh-huh. who's less so, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because my four-year-old claims. He has like imaginary friends. I was just gonna say they're not really imaginary friends. If you question uh-huh.
0: him enough and you question the, the, the child enough and show pictures of past loved ones, I guarantee you they will talk about and say, Oh, yeah, that's that's who's in, in my room, you know, having tea with me, or who I was talking to. You know, you can't make, you know, look, I Britt, I get it. I'm the first one to say, How in the world can someone communicate with someone that is dead? It's impossible. I'm the first one to say it, but and and there are common things that spirit might bring up or talk about. But through when someone has an experience with me, spirit will bring up things that only you would know about or the person that I'm reading knows about. They might be things that you forgot about from years ago, things that have happened since they've died, things that you haven't shared with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And they're these unique validations so that you know that there truly is more to life than just here in the physical world. But more importantly, that the things that you are sensing and feeling that you think is them might be them, that it is them. It's not Mm. your imagination.
1: And what is the difference between psychic and medium and psychic medium?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I think
1: I'm a small, but... (laughs) I've always wondered, like some people are like, oh, you went to a medium, but wait, he's a psychic medium. So what does that mean? You know, like, well, the way that it was explained
0: to me, because I I didn't understand it either. Um, So a medium is someone that is able to connect and communicate with the souls of the departed. Psychic is more, they they say that you have to be psychic to be a medium, Hmm. but I don't predict things. I don't give numbers. I don't ask about what's going to happen, you know, or what's going to come up. So and I and I don't really get things through like uh, cause some psychics might work with uh, cards and things like that. I, I don't do that. I just simply what happens with me during a session is I just start to sense and feel things that mean absolutely nothing to me, but life changing to the person that spirit is speaking to. Mm.
1: And that's kind of what my experience was. You know, I um, it was a it was definitely a, a hybrid, right? The, mm-hmm. There were you say spirit, spirit to you means. The soul of the departed. The soul of somebody, mm-hmm. but there can be multiple spirits that sort of show up for you, right? Yes, mm-hmm. and so that certainly happened. But then it was also things like, "There's gonna be a fire near your brother's house. No. Can you make sure he checks his smoke mm-hmm. alarms? No one gets hurt, but there is a fire." And like, mm-hmm. I was like, "What?" And yeah, <laughs> I call my brother. Mm-hmm. My brother's like. What are you talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. The next day, there's a fire in his next door neighbor's wow. house, and they like alerted him to make sure no, no one got hurt, but the kitchen was like blown mm-hmm. apart. And it was things like that that were like a mm-hmm. little too specific. Yeah, <laughs> like um, <laughs> they so. couldn't make that up. No, like I don't know how that would was made up, mm-hmm. and the, I mean that was one of like fifty things, mm-hmm. and so you know it certainly persuaded me. To open my mind about this, but you know, I know there are a lot of naysayers out there, or or maybe people who think that this seeing the future or communicating with spirits is anti-religious mm-hmm. and oh. evil. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you say to these people?
0: Listen, trust me, I struggled with that for over five years because I am a practicing Catholic, and I share that with people because people wonder, "Oh my God, do you believe in God? You have a faith?" And it took me over five years to incorporate my gift with my faith. And then I struggled with, okay, this is great, God has blessed me with this gift, but who in the world is going to want to come see a medium and speak to their relatives that have died? No idea why someone would want to do that. But what I learned from learning my gift and channeling the souls of the departed is that unfortunately, no matter who we lose or how they die, young or old, we here in the physical world are left with burdens and guilt. We're left with maybe a should've, a could've, a would've, and only if. And at the end of the day, all of these negative emotions do not give us the ability to heal. So I put my gift in God's hands. And I said, if this is my soul's journey here in the physical world is to help people move on with with their life after the loss of a loved one, you open the doors and I will walk through them. Mm. And at the time, Britt, you have to understand i had i w- my anxiety was so crippling because I am empathic where I feel and take on other people's emotions, and I didn't know how to understand it. I was pretty much housebound at that time because of my anxieties mm. and here I am now, twenty years later, traveling all over the country, living on a tour bus, doing live shows and so I kind of put all, all of it in, in a higher power's hands. And here I am, you wow. know, changing people's life for the better. And, you know, look, I, it's also, I respect the fact that I want them to know that they still have that connection, that they're that all those little things that go on around them, like if they think they smell something, that remind, a, a cologne or a perfume, or if they think they hear their loved one's voice, or if they're finding change or feathers, whatever it may be, and they think of a loved one that has passed. Know that that is them.
1: Mm, That's so interesting. I love that. That's really beautiful. And actually, um, I think answers a lot of those questions for people. It was beautiful that you put that out into the world and found that journey in front of you. how do you tap into this power? You you mentioned some people have dreams. Some people, I know some people like have to scribble. Like what yeah, is I, your I method? I already started. Well, I don't have a method. It, it just happens. It just flows out of you. Do you have to hold <laughs> it, on to something? Like Felix no, had to no, hold no, no. something of mine. Okay. No, um, I, I don't have to.
0: Um, what happens for me is, and, and this is the other thing. Everyone is different you know I, I always say this there one medium isn't better than another which just different on how we connect and how we deliver the messages mm-hmm. so um for me like i already there was a mother there was a mother figure stepping forward and it would be a mom if it's not a mom then it would be a grandmother or an aunt or someone like a mother but then um spirit also had me i wrote down um that there was a tragedy And I started to taste blood. That's my symbol for when someone dies tragically. Mm. Um, I did feel a hit in the head, so the had to have been like some type of accident where they died instantly. You're saying that's what you picked up on? What I'm feeling. Yes. Mm -hmm. What happens with me is um, when a soul starts to communicate with me, they clear out my own personal thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and they start to replace them with signs and symbols of things that I've experienced here in the physical world to relay messages to you. There is also. there is a young male stepping forward and he tells me that he takes responsibility for his departure, which mm. means that he takes responsibility for his actions that caused and or attributed to his departure.
1: Do you like people to respond to you if you're uh, like on the right track? Simple
0: yes or no. Uh, listen, I, I, I can't force spirit, force spirit to give me information. I don't say, okay, I'm here with Britt. Now, all of her loved ones step forward. It doesn't work like that. That's not the way I work. They, if there's a healing message, if there's something to be said and that there was for healing purposes, um, then they, then they step forward. So are you planning on having more children? <laughs> <'Cause>
1: they- <laughs> I love this so much right now. I just, you're nailing, saying- you're just nailing all of this right now. And I love that our listeners are getting to <laughs> partake in it. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Um, what do you see for my future children? I did Well, it's not, I, I just felt that- You don't that see, you just feel that there's a that yearning. And, and
0: I felt that there was uh, someone holding a, a blanket. And when I see a blanket, mm-hmm. it means a child getting ready to come here into the physical world.
1: Oh. So,
0: and it could, look, a lot of times someone might say, oh my God, uh, you know, my husband and I, we were just discussing about having children. We decided not to have children anymore. Whatever the discussion is, it validates that the soul was present for that moment mm-hmm. and that they do know what, what is going on. That they are still a part of our life.
1: Right. So just to validate you in front of our listeners and Teresa and I have never met before, be, be, um, <laughs> before this chat, <laughs> um, I have a grandfather who was shot in the head. Mm-hmm. I have a grandmother who I connected with recently, mm-hmm. um, for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. I have a, um, the grandfather who was was shot Mm -hmm. is definitely has some guilt around what happened.
0: So you understand placing himself in a situation that causes, and, and when spirit does that, they just don't want a burden or any negative emotion of their departure left on them of where we could have done something or if things were done differently or if they would have known whatever our thought process is, they take responsibility for that.
1: Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because this is something that I have talked to, you know, Felix about before the person mm -hmm. I've talked. And he said something interesting to me, which was in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. uh, If you were, I asked him, if you were a bad person (laughs) in your life, what happens in your afterlife? Are you still that person or are you something else? And he, I'm curious how you would answer this, but sure. he seemed to say that you almost like zoom out from what your life was on earth Correct. And, mm-hmm. and reframe it in a new way. But maybe you have a better example of that. So
0: what spirit has shown me for, for your grandfather to step forward and to take responsibility, Okay. And for, so burdens aren't left for other people. What Felix meant by zooming out is when a soul, when we leave our physical body, we're immediately greeted by other souls on the other side. We then go through life review. So we have to relive our life here in the physical world through the eyes of the people that we hurt. I just got the goosebumps and the chills. So that's my symbol for that, I'm I'm interpreting it correctly. And then the soul learns those lessons. They have to feel the emotion, maybe the disappointment, the hurt, mm. the pain, the sorrow. And they have to feel that. And then that's how the soul grows and
1: learns lessons.
0: Mm. I will share with you, I, because I am a big, quote unquote, scaredy cat. I am afraid of the dark. I am 53 years old. I live right next door to where I grew up, right next door to my parents, and I sleep with a nightlight and I talk to dead people. But <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. So you, you have to understand, I said that I only want information and I protect everything with God's white light. I only want information that will help us and I only want to know good things. I channel the souls that walk in God's white light. And how I know that is 100% correct is because one time I had done a reading and said to a woman, um, she unfortunately lost her daughter. I said, your daughter is claiming that she was murdered, but then there's also a suicide. I can see something neat next to her, but below her, but I can't feel anything from that soul. But she wants you to know that he's sorry and that he does know what he took from the family, and he is remorseful. It was so hard for me to say this to this mom. And the mom looked at me and said, that's what I wanted to know. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know if he was remorseful for killing my daughter. I couldn't see him. I I could see him, but I couldn't feel, I couldn't get any information from him. Mm -hmm. It had to come through the daughter. Mm -hmm. So for a soul, so even so so then the soul learns lessons, and then the soul graduates levels on the other side. It's almost like a school. I refer it to like like hmm. school. so the the more lessons the soul has to learn, the lower the soul enters on the other side. So then the soul will either continue to learn lessons on the other side, or it will have that choice once the soul circle is completed, can come back here into the physical world, into another physical body and learn lessons. That's why when people, when, when mediums or psychics might talk about um, our destiny in life is set, how we reach that destiny is up to the free will choices that
1: we make. Mm-hmm. So once again, just tying it back to those that might be listening that maybe are religious, like there's mm-hmm. definitely still free will. And but you're also saying, you know, there's this afterlife that happens. Mm-hmm. How would you equate that to like a Christian Catholic perspective on heaven, for instance?
0: Well, souls have also said to me, um, this popped into my head, a child. I remember saying to his mom saying, when I got to heaven, I thanked God that you were my mom in this world. Mm. You know, I always say, I'll find out when we get there. When I see white and golden light, that is my symbol for God's presence. There Mm -hmm. are times where a soul will step forward and the blessed mother will be standing next to them. That is my symbol for that. They didn't have a strong faith here in the physical world, but they are in heaven. Mm -hmm. Is that for an interpretation for us to understand? Maybe so. Mm -hmm. But I can also tell you that um, on the other side, the souls have shown me that there is no hurt. There's no hatred. There's no negativity the way we, what we carry here in the physical world. Right. And so is there a hell? I always say spirit has never said to me, Britt, Teresa, it's hot down here. So I (laughs) go with that. There is no hell. This is the hell, the physical world. Sometimes souls will say that. They'll say, this is the quote unquote.
1: Right. the tough yeah. part. This is not an easy life. And in some um, parts of the world, there's a belief that when you sort of come back to the earth, mm-hmm. potentially, if, if you believe in something like reincarnation, um, you've sort of karmically done something in a past life, to propel you in, in in a new way in this current life. Do you follow mm-hmm. that philosophy or is it like random? I,
0: I believe in a lot of different things. Um, and I tend to, the things that I share are the things that I've experienced. So I have done past life regressions. I've always had a fear of heavy rain. No reason why, heavy, heavy rain. They, they mm. say that when we have unknown fears, that's the soul remembering something that happened in a previous life.
1: Oh, interesting. What's been one of the most shocking or wild experiences you've had? Any most memorable? Oh God, which one do you want?
0: So there are so many different um, readings. Of where it has, I mean, there are freaky things that are like, what is going on? Like the time when I was doing an arena, there was seven thousand people, and I get to the back. I I, when I do live shows, I'm like down in the crowd, and I'm like walking like randomly up to people, and I get to the back of this young this young man about a car accident. He wasn't acknowledging anything. I finally get to the back, and I'm like, "You were the one driving the car that killed those three boys," and uh, one of the boys that he killed, he didn't know too well. And uh, the young soul that had died kept saying, I know, I want to thank you for wanting to tell my mom how sorry you were. And that we all made a decision to get in that car that night. It just wasn't your fault. And all of a sudden, I'm in the back. And then, all of a sudden, right directly up in the, in the bleaches, this woman comes walking down out of 7,000 people. I am right in front. Of, she's like, That is my son you're channeling. That is the boy. That was driving the car and she came down and hugged him and said, I never blamed you for the accident. And I'm sorry that you had to serve time connected to my son's death. And all this boy wanted to do was apologize and to tell his mom how sorry he was. And she it was such a, a healing moment where you could hear a pin drop and where they both looked at each other and embraced and cried and said how sorry they were to each other. Wow.
1: Wow. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the amount of emotion Mm. you must carry positive and negative, Mm -hmm. or at this point, have you trained yourself to stay apathetic to it? Well, it's almost like I don't, I don't retain it. I kind of
0: explain it to people as if you look at my body as own, like my body is like um, a, a colander and my brain is almost like spaghetti. The information from spirit is like the water and it just kind of runs out and dissipates. Mm. They're not my own personal thoughts, feelings, and emotions. I can't hold on to them. Sometimes spirit gets to a spot in my soul and I do become emotional, but I can't have so much emotion while I'm reading. You know, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's the hardest thing that I have to do is channel a soul and, and especially
1: if someone loses a child and tell them that it's okay to go on with their life yeah. and to be happy. Right. But it must make you um, more immune to the idea that death is such a bad thing. Is that something you've learned? I've learned that I am not afraid to die.
0: -hmm. I think that's something we all fear because we don't know what it's like, right? We don't know what's gonna happen. We 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 really don't know. And Mm -hmm. I still say I don't well find out when I get there. And if there is nothing, well, then I won't know it (laughs) any different. There's nothing. (laughs) So I'd rather be, you know, be hopeful, right? (laughs) Right. Exactly.
1: And take precaution, take your vitamins, you know, (laughs) (laughs) eat well, avoid cancer. Yeah. You know, I I just
0: and and I think listen, I don't want to (laughs) die. But I know that I will be greeted by other souls um, that have gone before me. I mean, people, I mean, I will be channeling someone and they'll say, i called out for my parents or I saw my brother. And literally the person that I'm reading, they're like, oh my God, that, that's what happened. My mom was caught and everyone said she was crazy. And, you know, we'll describe exact moments of what happened in the room when they die. Mm.
1: Uh, you know, I just can't even imagine. And I can't imagine, by the way, in a stadium of 7,000 right. people, yeah. how in- many spirits might be oh. like around. I don't know. It seems like really anxiety is driven, <laughs> um, but you've got some sort of power. Let- let's speak to that, though. Let's talk to how we can all sort of practice honing in our own intuition. Um, what would you say is step number one for anyone who wants to develop a stronger sense of intuition? The this I wanted to just share this earlier with
0: you also. What I loved when you were explaining, when you had gone with your experience, you went in with no expectations. Mm -hmm. That is, I think, the best thing. Like you can't walk around and say to people, okay, Dad, by Saturday, I want to see four red cardinals, two double rainbows, (laughs) 10 ladybugs, (laughs) and four feathers. And I know it's gonna be you. (laughs) I love it. You know, I say to people, just be open, just be aware. Mm. The, the, the amazing thing about signs and symbols is they come out of nowhere when you're least expecting it. It's like, did you ever, are you ever like in the shower and you think you hear the phone ring or you mm-hmm. think you hear someone call your name? Like that's someone trying to get your attention. Have you ever done a mindless task and you hear those things? You get in the car, you turn the radio on and you hear that song on the radio that reminds you of a good friend that might've passed. Mm-hmm. You're not, it's not a current top 40 hit, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That is spirit getting us to do something, to notice it, to say, oh my God, they're with me at this moment.
1: Is there like one type of sign for each soul or how does that work?
0: Be, everyone can be different. But why the signs and symbols are different. So let's just, let's just hypothetically use your grandfather for an example. Mm-hmm. Somebody might smell a cologne. Somebody might smell cigarette smoke if he smoked, or someone might just hear that song on the, or, that, or that feeling. Somebody, someone might find quarters or dimes. Somebody might find feathers. Mm -hmm. The reason why signs and symbols are all so different is because it promotes conversation. You will share with other family members, oh, you know what I saw today? I found a dime. I know Graham was with me. Mm. Or I saw the bunny. Something that
1: connects you to that person in some way. It's
0: noticing something that is odd, weird. Maybe you might think is of a coincidence. It's not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I remember the day uh, my grandmother died, I pulled up at, the, at at her home, and there was a bunny, a baby bunny sitting on her stoop. And as soon as I pulled up, it was almost like the bunny was waiting for me. The bunny looked at me, hopped off, and it, it was almost like it was hopping with excitement. Stopped in front of my car and just stared at me, mm. and then went away. And I, I just, I felt it. I was like that was my grandmother saying goodbye to me because I had missed her departure.
1: So it sounds like staying open and aware and and potentially finding these like quiet moments. You mentioned the Mm -hmm. shower, Um, (laughs) which by the way, um, I think is really hard for people right now because we always have a screen in front of us. We're always Mm -hmm. distracting ourselves with something. So would you advise that people meditate or sit in stillness or like what's the right thing to do? The number one thing is to be aware.
0: Be okay. open to things that go on around you that is odd, weird, or coincidence. If you really want to quiet your mind a little more to connect more, yes, absolutely. Meditate, find that quiet time. Some people might do it through prayer, whatever it may be, you're quieting your mind. Some, sometimes we can do it with stones, with amethyst or like a, a, a smoky quartz or a clear quartz crystal. Some people hold stones. Th- this is the thing. Everyone has to find their own, not everyone is going to connect the same way. Mm-hmm. I want to also just share with people, with your listeners also, you ever have, a, I don't connect with spirit in this way, but when you have a dream and you, nothing else might make sense or you might not remember anything, but you remember your loved one so vividly and it's so real as if you were with them and they're smiling. That is a visitation. That is their soul coming to you to let them know that they are, they're not wanting you to remember them sick, but more importantly, wanting you to remember them healthy Mm. and that they are okay.
1: In the physical world, back to sort of our own intuition and picking up on things around us, let's talk about picking up on the energy of others. Is there a way to do that, that in, a, more, in a better way than we currently do?
0: Well, sometimes you don't want to pick up other people's energy. <laughs>
1: That's true. We only like, want positive. I liked your, what would you say? Yes, like the white light, positive the white energy. Light. I want all of that. Yeah.
0: You know, l- listen, for many years, I mean, I still at times, I will walk into a room. I will protect myself in God's white light. Because there are times I can walk into a room, I can walk into a store, and I just feel Whoa. Like this, all of a sudden I'll have an instant headache or I'll feel nauseous right away. Like I know I'm picking up energy or negative energy, or it could be someone else's illness in that space. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I don't Mm -hmm. want to be in someone else's energy unless if I'm delivering a message. You know, um, but you can also quote unquote, read someone's vibe you know, or just be like, if you ever feel something that doesn't feel right for you, when you know that's not the way you feel, you're picking up someone else's energy or however you want to interpret it. I always use the term, I was taught to say, be gone, you are not of me, which means mm-hmm. you're acknowledging the energy that's there, mm-hmm. but you're not allowing it to enter into your space. I don't mm-hmm. think people realize how other people's energy affects
1: people. Right. But what about uh, if it's positive and you want to pick oh, it up? Oh, a thousand percent. But okay. you're just going to engage the energy, you know? Yeah, I think it's also just about being more personable. Like, how do you oh. pick up on connection? And you know, there are those people in life, like that you that like literally don't know how to get on your vibe, to use that metaphor. Um, and then there's others that like instantly can match it, oh. and you yeah. flow with them from the beginning. I'm just a listen. I can
0: connect with. Anyone. And yeah. I always say, like, it doesn't cost anything to be nice to someone. Like, sometimes some people I find are just so guarded and so afraid of being rejected or not. You know, like, you walk into a store, hi, smile, hold the yeah. door
1: for someone, you know, pay for someone's coffee behind you, yeah. you know. So, what about those dealing with grief right now? We're in the midst mm-hmm. of one of the hardest times in yeah. the, the global history. Yeah. What have you seen to be most helpful when dealing with loss? the thing that
0: with with loss is that there is no right or wrong way to grieve and that it's okay not to be okay. Um, We can't go back, we can't change anything, but um, things that happen in our life, we learn from. And I, you know, I kind of compare the loss to uh, 9-11, like as we're losing people now due to COVID. Unfortunately, um, the past several months where people couldn't be with their loved ones, they didn't know what was happening to them. They didn't know if they suffered. They weren't able to lay their loved ones to rest respectfully the way that they feel they would have liked to have. And I think anyone listening now, if you have lost a loved one during COVID, the one thing that spirit always stresses is know whatever you do with my physical body, that I was not a part of it anymore. I'm okay with how you needed to lay me to rest or whether if you had no choice on how you had to lay me to rest. The physical body, what we do with the physical body is for us. They're not a part of that. From the moment the soul leaves, they're immediately healed and the soul is complete. Hmm. And it doesn't take any sorrow Negativity burdens illnesses with them on the other side You know and it's interesting you brought that up because I just about two years ago I felt this need to write this book. Uh, it just came out in october called good morning m-o-u-r-n-i-n-g And basically this book is about that a loss is a loss And we have daily losses every day. It is something that we have to live without what once was and we grieve what once was Mm. and whether if someone did not lose a loved one we've all lost something over these past months right whatever it may be Mm -hmm. and it's okay like we have to honor these things we have to honor these losses these everyday losses that affect us affect our soul how we move on with our lives we don't realize i mean i wrote things about losing an argument losing a friendship losing a job losing finances Mm -hmm. And it is mind-blowing that it is everything that is going on in the world right now.
1: Right. It's tumultuous. It's, uh, And I think there's this feeling of inadequacy if you haven't lost a loved one, but you maybe you have lost a job or you have lost a relationship mm-hmm. that your pain and suffering is not great enough to grieve. But all of us are grieving in some mm-hmm. way. Absolutely. In some way, shape, or form.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the, the worst thing that we can do when we lose something, especially a loved one, is to go back and to relive and only focus on the things that we feel that we should have done differently or could have done differently. Mm. My philosophy in life is I always say, if you think the grass is greener on the other side, it's astroturf. <laughs> <laughs> If you think that things could have been different, you're not looking at the complete other side of the coin. Mm -hmm. So you have to be fair to yourself and don't beat yourself up for choices and decisions that were made at a time where that was the right choice and decision. I think that is the biggest thing that I see with people when they lose someone, that they go back and they say, well, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I see that? Only if they didn't do this. I just read a family. Um, You'll see them on Long Island Medium. We just wrapped up a season where... The whole entire family had COVID. Everyone had COVID. Yeah. And the dad was so sick. He was the sickest out of all of them. And he drove himself to the hospital. And each and every one of them, the father was saying, if I didn't go to the hospital, I still would have died. Because they were blaming themselves. They were saying, mm-hmm. how could we let him go to the hospital? If he stayed home with us, he never
1: would have died. Wow they can't hold themselves to that. Is Absolutely what you're not. Yeah. And, and
0: the dad came through and he said, I couldn't, I couldn't survive. There was no way I could have stayed at home. I mm-hmm. was the sickest out of everyone and I felt that I needed to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's really comforting. I think this is a great point, a, val- a really validating point to what you said at the beginning of this conversation, that so much of what you do and you strive to do is to heal. Mm-hmm. And the idea that it's not our fault, or right. we left something undone <laughs> or it ended abruptly, you know, when it was, it was unfinished, like it's not finished potentially. Right. Um, and it's okay. And, okay. and we have to give ourselves the permission to believe that. And in, in many instances in our life, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. So as we start to wrap up here, is there anything else you'd like to share with me? (laughs) Do you want to do anything else you're seeing for me, my family, my babies? Like, I want you to feel free to go for it.
0: I just felt Look, listen, I don't predict things. I, I, the only thing that I did feel was I just kept feeling pregnant and I am in (laughs) menopause. So that is not possible. (laughs) Um, but it, it's always just a wave and there was just like this excitement and I just felt a renewed to to a life um I did feel something, uh, and I don't believe it is For you. So I do believe that it is for someone else It might even be for someone else that might be listening. I don't know and I always say this is why i'm good at what I do is because I Feel and I say whatever it is that I sense and feel I felt that there was a father energy stepping forward and apologizing for not being there for them the way that we deserve them to be.
1: Mm.
0: And um, there was something that uh, you brought up earlier when you said that, you know, our life, this goes back to our life's destiny and purpose here in the physical world. And that the soul has a journey and it's up to us to find it. And as I always felt different in life, I felt complete when I embraced my gift. Hmm. So I always say, whoever says what normal is, what I do is so much more than talking to dead people. It restores people's faith. Maybe faith in themselves and their family. How many times is a death or something happens and people aren't speaking to each other anymore. Families are torn apart. Where someone comes for a reading and then it reunites a family. Hmm. So what I do, I feel gives us to permission to grieve our own way. And more importantly, to allow us to heal and know the difference between grief and healing. Mm -hmm. We will grieve the loss of our loved ones for the rest of our life here in the physical world. The healing process is something completely different and we owe it to ourselves to allow us to heal.
1: Mm, That's beautiful. So well said. Thank you, Teresa. If there's one thing you would ask our listeners to do this week, what is that thing?
0: to love and honor and respect themselves. Oh,
1: that's important, especially yeah. with the way we're so at important. in the world today. So important. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Oh, and thank you. where can we find you? Where can we learn more? Where can we follow everything you're doing? Well, you can always follow my social media handles are Teresa Caputo.
0: Uh, You can listen to some great episodes of channeling the souls of the departed and tips on how to live a positive life on Hey Spirit. Long Island Medium is returning to Discovery Plus, something brand new this year, yeah. uh, Discovery Plus, so you can
1: stream it all year long. <laughs> <laughs> love it. And- love it. Thanks for listening to Teach Me Something New, a production of iHeartRadio and Brit Co. I'm your host, Britt Morin. Find more information about each episode at Brit.co slash listen. You can also find me on social media. I'm at Brit or follow us at Brit and Co. Teach Me Something New is executive produced by Allie Ives and Ali Perry with additional production and sound design by Mark Lemerjay-Z and Aaron Peterson.